What's up? Yes, yes, yes. How are you, dude? Good, and you? I'm good, I'm good. We're finally here. We're finally, finally. here. Yes, <laughs> After, yes, like, yes. months mm, of chaos, mm, mm. we're finally managing to do this. Yes, yes. So, how are you, how are you feeling? Uh, nervous, I must be honest. Um, mm. I know I like to share my opinions, but it's quite a permanent opinion to be sharing. But, I mean, it's it's honest. It's the, it's the truth about the culture of it all. So... And it needs to be spoken about. So, yeah. Well, look, I, I think what might be helpful is that I don't think most opinions can be permanent, right? Like, yeah. you, will, you will take on new information, you will have new life experiences. How you feel, what you think about this might change if you were to meet somebody else or hear a different story. You're just helping other people who listen to this, you know, get a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with that. It's more of the fact that it stays on the internet because, I mean, I even read... Oh, but did I read it or did I watch it? A video basically, and they were talking about how people aren't allowed to change sort of their, their, with social media, aren't allowed to change their opinions anymore because they said something 10 years ago that they weren't educated on. They've now improved and they've learned better because of the access of the internet and they've been educated and are now being crucified. Meanwhile, they actually are doing good for maybe something they said bad then. Mm-hmm, does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does make sense. It does make there's sense. A, there's, there's also a fine line between it as well. But yeah, we won't get into that conversation. No, I, I mean, it, it is like still semi on topic, like on, on the topic right, of accountability. Like how, yeah. like how much time, like for how long are you accountable for, like, for something? Like if you exactly. moved on, you live your life differently, you know, are you meant to be, you know, be, like be granted amnesty? Like when does it happen? Like formally, if you don't go, like, go to court, for example. <laughs> yeah, quite an extreme but yeah exactly that mm. you know uh yeah yes it's... yes yes so Tori so, again I'm going to say I am quite nervous <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to be nervous you're allowed to be nervous yeah. I get sometimes <laughs> like even even now so it's okay you're allowed to be nervous okay cool but yeah Tori yes. thank you for joining me really oh, really do appreciate it I'm excited I am yeah mm. So I think the best way to to really unpack this is like, what does accountability mean to you? Like just generally? I mean, it's taking responsibility, but at the same time, accountability, it goes, it's more than just, oh, I did this. I must accept that I've done that. It's going, I've done this. How am I going to fix it? You have to educate yourself when you want to be accountable. You need to educate yourself on why what you did was wrong. It's not always mm. just about how you feel inside. It's about how it's affecting others as well. When yeah. you take accountability, you know, it's the same way your feelings are hurt by so- what somebody has said to you or you've done something wrong. And at the time, you felt that that was right. Two days later, you realize in your heart, you feel guilty. Why are you feeling guilty? So that's the guilt is already a part of taking accountability. I mean, it's a small part but then you go why did that make me feel guilty okay cool it's it was shitty because it brought out a darker side of me a side of me that I don't like but now it's gone and hurt somebody I care about feelings or it's gone and impacted somebody else's day it's gone and impacted my work life it's gone and how do I say this being accountable taking accountability is has a lot more external work than internal work, I think, mm-hmm. because 
internally you have to well emotionally I think it's more emotionally sorry my wording's not great but emotionally you have to acknowledge you've done this stuff but then you have to go and do the external work which is sort of internal by you know researching feeling why did you do this how did you take how did this impact you how did this impact those around you it's it's sort of sort of like people talk a lot about shadow work and mm. it's looking into the shadow work of what created that in you why were you acting that way it's a lot of i don't have the word to use no, I, I, I think I get where you're going, no, though. You know, like, just, like, you trying to un, 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 unpack, like, where certain things come from. Just, yeah. just generally. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. And, I mean, it goes into everything. Because if you're hurt, you want to let it out into somebody else. Now, you want to take accountability because now you've hurt this person. But unless you go and dig deep down, maybe go to therapy, maybe sit down and journal it and remove factors that affect it again alcohol drugs all of this stuff you're not going to figure out why you are reacting that way and you can't fully take accountability for something unless you are aware of the reasons you are doing that because for the most part when in interpersonal relationships i feel people also they take accountability but it's surface level accountability because they will repeat that mistake again Generally, it happens. So if you aren't doing the shadow work, you aren't going, this and this is causing me to be like this. I don't like being that person. Am I going to stop? If you stop, you've taken full accountability. If you figure out exactly what you have been, what causes it and how you can prevent it, you've taken full accountability. But a, a sorry and an acknowledgement of the pain you've caused for yourself or somebody else I don't believe it's full accountability. Okay. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. Like, it, it's, it's a process for you. In short. Yeah. Like it's, it, it, it's, it, a... It, it's not like a moment of, like, this was the moment of, of accountability and then it was done. It's a, it's a series of steps towards getting towards that point where you can say you were accountable. Exactly. Okay. Okay. No, and, that, and that makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, do, do you have, like, per, a personal story you'd like to share around accountability or are we going too fast? Um... <laughs> personal story yeah i guess so i mean as we've spoken before all of this and the reason why we're even doing this i've been in hospitality now nine years nine years last month um once i became full-time i think 20 was it 20 end of 27 not 2017 end of 2018 i became full-time Waitress. And in hospitality, I mean, it's it's chaos. The late nights, the constant shifts. I was studying at the same time. I sort of got into a very bad space with booze and drugs and things like that. And when you are doing that sort of thing, you become quite selfish because your, your brain doesn't function the same. You no longer have the like the happiness you used to feel, I can't remember the word. My brain is so fired. Again, I am writing exams, so it's just chaos. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't worry, don't worry. But, you know, you lose all those, like, dopamine, sorry, dopamine. You mm. lose the dopamine, you lose everything, and you become so self-absorbed, and you're so sad all the time. And I 
when I started coming out of that and I'd left all of, well, not hospitality, but the bad parts of hospitality at behind, um, and I decided to go sober, um, well, I still drink, but other than that, I realized what I'd done to my friends and the sort of pain I put them through and how selfish I was with my time. Well, not even my time. Everyone must be, have time for themselves. How selfish I was with who I was and who my friends were. They needed me. And I was like, I'm the saddest person. I need all the help. Oh, woe is me. My life is falling apart. Me and all my friends were going through things as well. And I never realized it. And when I finally... I think it was like a year of like no drugs. I saw one of my friends, I went down to Cape Town and I saw her and she had basically, once I left my studies at Fedisa, um, she took me in for like two months and then I, I moved in with my current partner. And during those two months, she looked out for me a lot. And I was just depressed. I was miserable. I was a bitch. I was so ugly to her. And when she needed me most, because she was also going through a really tough time in life. And so I see her a year later. And we were, I'll never forget, we were in the water. And during the whole day, this is the first time I've seen her in a year since all of that shit went down. We didn't speak for almost a year, like very little and very surface level conversations. And that's not who we are when we're together um, or just in general. And we were in the water and I turned to her and I was tearing in my eyes and I just, I said to her, I was like, I am so sorry for everything because you didn't deserve that. And I realize now how much pain I put you through. And not only her, there were many friends and friendships that I've lost because of it. And I still check up on them. I know we'll never be the same. And I take accountability for it. I understand. I, I fucked up. As much as I needed my friends, sometimes you also need to take a step back and go, I can't have that in my life. If you aren't willing to help yourself, how can I help you? Obviously, to an extent, your friends need to help you. But once you've crossed that line of they've tried and nothing's getting better, sometimes you need to set those boundaries. And, you know, it, it broke my heart because I had sort of lost this friendship with her. And even now we chat, but it will never be the same. The damage is done. And I was like, like I've taken accountability. I've done my shadow work. I've seen sort of what happened and you know maybe it was for the best that we've sort of separated a bit but at the same time if she calls me I'm there I will always be there but nothing will be the same after that period of time okay well yeah um but first of all thank you for sharing with sharing that with us like sharing that with yeah. like listeners that that means means a lot to us um and also congratulations dude like it, thank it you. takes it takes a lot to pull yourself out of that kind of cycle like it's something that you know a lot of people don't actually beat or like manage to overcome in a meaningful sense right? yeah I, I guess I can also thank COVID for it I mean you're locked away there's nothing nothing you can really do I mean there's always ways to go about finding things and getting connections but I just moved back up to Joburg i didn't really know the crowd anymore I didn't really know anybody so it also like cut me off from people and things that when I was in Cape Town and when I lived in Durban, I could easily get with the snap of a finger. So as much as COVID also brought a lot of 
shit into people's lives and caused a lot of damage in the world it also brought a lot of for me it and I know I speak with like from privilege when I say this it's provided me the space to heal and to overcome a lot of things okay okay I, I mean um I I think the the, the time that COVID provided people to think like provided that you weren't well probably you had enough like protection around you in that time I think I think a lot of people m- might share that same sentiment that you either found new ways to be or you you know like you, you moved you moved somewhere like COVID like COVID ideally would change everyone right like you're yeah. not going to say much after pandemic ideally. yeah 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 so I'm I'm curious though. So you you still work in hospitality? How how have you managed to navigate dealing with you know the demons you you've had while still working in that industry? I mean, for the first year after COVID, um, so where I currently work now, the the staff changeover is quite high. Um, they base their hiring model of students. So we change, they change staff at quite a bit, uh, just because girls are graduating, need to focus on exams, et cetera, et cetera. So the first year I'd say was a lot trickier. No one really, when you work, I don't feel like when you work in hospitality, people sort of peer pressure you to do anything. It's more just, it's there if you need, join in if you want. And with the hours you're working, it's just, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. So say during that period of time while you're running around having to be friendly. The first year was tricky but doable. Um I mean I started drinking more. I wasn't really the biggest drinker. I did actually prefer to rather just do a few lines and that was it. But I just started drinking more and um that was just a different story in itself. But we also now, I work in a place where everyone just keeps to themselves. A lot of the the staff now don't really do that stuff. If they do, it's so recreational that it's when they go to a festival and a festival only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, there's a conversation to be had in that as well, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit later. But yeah, it's getting easier. I struggle to go out to clubs and things like that, I must be honest. Um I used to, every once in a while, back in the day, go, oh, I'm going sober, no more alcohol, no more drugs. And I'd do like maybe a month, not no, a, lie, a month, I'm being dramatic, a week where I went out quite a bit still, but I wouldn't do anything. And I'd have fun, but I'd also hate every second of it. And even especially since after COVID, it's now, it's nerve wracking. I feel strange going to clubs i i want to dance but there's this part of me that's like don't do it i want to stay out later but i know after a certain time my brain sort of goes okay cool actually it's time for a line it's time for this okay no have like five more shots of tequila do this do that and it sort of spirals very fast for me so i try to avoid going out too often or even just going out just because socially i get so nervous and I I worry about myself and the way I go about things when I am drinking or around friends who do drugs. They don't necessarily pressure me, but sometimes I'm like, should I just? But lately, just, just, just the proximity, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a bit it's, of a thing. 
yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, a while back I went out with some friends and I was a bit drunk and they were all going to go do a line and they were like, do you want? And I burst into tears and I was like, I was quite drunk and quite emotional. And I was like, I've been sober for too long for this. I can't, I can't do this. I'm going to disappoint myself. And as embarrassed as I was, every time I look back at that moment, I'd rather be embarrassed by crying about the fact that I don't want to disappoint myself than be actually doing it and feeling worse about myself and basically going back to the beginning again. Dude, I I think that's like a a really like, well, wholesome is a crazy way to use in the kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, like all, all things considered, the fact that like you you were that committed to yourself that like you broke down and said absolutely not, right? Like they they could have been like a cooler way to do it, but like, dude, you 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 made you made the right decision. You made the right decision to, like for like for yourself, not because of any like any other external thing. You came to the conclusion that like, nah, man, this 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 just isn't the way for me, and that exactly. that's pretty big, dude. Honestly, Thank like you. it's uh, it's it's more an, an, like an affirming thing to hear, at least on my side, than anything else. Yeah, scary, but yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still proud of myself. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I just laugh at the fact that I cry every time I look back. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am a. <laughs> it was so ridiculous, but like I haven't I haven't been like I said I don't. I don't like really go out. So I hadn't been in that situation for quite some time. And again, I was a bit drunk and I was really a bit emotional that day. And I was just like, I can't do this. But I guess it's also not all my friends do drugs. I've sort of been surrounding myself with people who don't do those things. And my friends who do, I'm like, do what you want. It's your life. I can't decide for you what you want to do. But generally I don't, I won't go out with them. Um, and yeah, I try to stick to people who, you know, let's have a few drinks and then call it a night and try to keep it as tidy yeah, as possible because I know yeah. I know my personality and I know how I can get. Um, I'm quite an excitable person as well. So basically, call it, I'm just a rubber, rubber arm. But I'm like, <laughs> why not? Oh, you know, <laughs> I'm only 24. Let's do this, yeah. guys. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's also just no, like, being aware of where I've drawn my lines and where I need to go. Okay, enough is enough. Yeah, no, like, I, I think that that's the nice thing, right? Because you have that perspective now. Like, yeah. despite only being twenty-four, it's just like you've you had some life experience to be like, okay, no, like now that you've seen the other side, it's just like that's too far for me specifically. Other exactly. people can do what they got. Other people do what they need to do, whatever they think makes sense to them. But like, you know, you know how you want to live your life. Yeah, and it ends up not being worth it. I mean. You know, you lose so much motivation and you don't want to do anything the next day. You don't want to go to your job. You know, like you might have not liked your job already. And now you're going to work and you're like, I hate this place. You're mean to everybody because you're hitting a really shitty come down. Sorry. Um, and it's just, it's not worth it. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not worth it. So when we first had the conversation, we're having it in relation to like serving patrons. Right. Yeah. So I, I was curious, like, how how do you navigate that that aspect of it of accountability in relation to like to to your patrons, like knowing like the dangers and things, like obviously, like so before before you answer, I'll I'll give I'll give it uh, my 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 point of view. I don't think that 
you are truly accountable because you know those people who are making their own choices right like yes yeah. they might be operating at a, at a diminished capacity but i think that life is ultimately all about choices you can't make choices for other people you can try and influence them you can like offer a word you can say something but like ultimately someone is going to do whatever the hell they want to do when they want to do it right like you you yeah. you would have just given them an idea at best at the end of the day you can't you don't physically force anything down anyone's throat so you know there is a limit to how much it was your fault but you mentioned still feeling some kind of way so i was hoping you'd elaborate on that here yeah i mean it's tricky you get you get a table of four people walking in they sit down they order a round of beers they get their beers eight minutes later maybe they've finished a 500 ml beer and they want another now they also want eight shots of tequila so you go okay cool like the way you're having your day you know make a little joke to them whatever it might be then it continues then are there what say hour and a half they've each probably had about 12 beers let's say they've basically finished an entire bottle of tequila even though they've just ordered in shots of four bottles being served so 32 if i'm not mistaken shots of tequila they say they quite you know, sturdy men, you know, mm-hmm. they say they can handle their liquor and you watch them. They then pay the bill and they leave and they get in their cars. So at the end of the day, to me, they seemed quite fine at the table, but my mm-hmm. guilt hits when I see they're actually driving. Oh, they're getting into their car. What happens if they get into an accident? What happens? Not that they kill themselves in this accident, mm-hmm. but they kill somebody else. At the end of the day, it's my job to serve them. Every restaurant has a right of admission reserved, but you, you're right. People make their own choices. You can't tell somebody you can't drive because of this. I mean, there have been a few instances where somebody's been basically incapacitated at my work or at any place I've worked at, actually, where the manager's sort of gone, well, the waitress has gone to the manager, listen, this person is so drunk. And it's there's like this fine line between that drink and that last drink before somebody just drops basically mm-hmm. and you can and shit hits the fan and sometimes i stopped we don't know we don't know what this person's alcohol tolerance is we don't know if they've ubered we don't know if they've dr- driven you only sort of see that later if you see it at all and i mean there have been times where we've gone no okay like we've taken their phone try to get their code obviously with permission from the very drunk person to sort of contact somebody to sort it out for the most part i've noticed restaurants only do that when it's a woman not really when it's a man when it's a man they throw them out if they've created a scene or whatever and call it a day which i don't necessarily think is fair i think men and women should be treated in the same like as a patron you know but at the end of the day you're right it's not it's the choices they make um Generally, again, at a restaurant, unless the customer's drunk and making a scene or harassing the waitresses or harassing other customers, no one really does anything. They serve the person, they take the money, and whatever they do, it's their choice. And do you think they, do you think they should do more, though? I do, but I also don't because at the same time, like you've said, it's their own choice. It's 
how can we go and tell a grown adult you've had too much alcohol and parent them and what they're doing but at the same time a, a restaurant's there to make money at the end of the day that's the main goal so like how, how do we go about it how do we how do we draw the line and people take offense you've had too much to drink people will fight you on that comment Customers get customers, especially when they've been drinking, can get quite aggressive, and it's. I don't. I've I've thought about this for years. How? Where do you draw that line? Where do you go? Okay, now it's our responsibility to make sure this person gets home safe. When or make sure that somebody else is there. I mean, generally with the regulars, it's it's a lot easier because there'll be another regular there who goes, okay, cool, let's get you home. But for the most part, our regulars don't get sloshed to the point that they cannot take care of themselves. Yeah. When it's a random customer, it's it's a, a bit lot harder, trickier. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, because like, like who, do you, who, do you, who do you attach this person to? In that exactly, context? exactly. Mm. And speaking of it, I I remember there was a man who came in. This was last year, round about this time last year, if I'm not mistaken, and he was all over the waitresses, all over the bartenders, all over our manager, trying to ask one of the bartenders to spend the night with him and he was offering him money, but he couldn't even speak. He was slurring every single word. And then uh, he called me over and he was like, do you want a shot? I'm like, I, I'm really good, thank you. I think you need a glass of water though. So I was like, let me organize you a glass of water. Once you finish this water, you can have a shot. So that's sort of how I go about things. And I've done it a few times, especially with the younger girls that come into the store, sort of your 18 to like 21 girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll like, I'll bring them a glass of water. I'll just be like, listen, I just, here's a glass of water. I just thought you needed it. And I say it in a very sweet and loving way. So they know they're actually being taken care of and that they're not being belittled. Yeah. But so anyways, this, he drinks half the water and he then starts mumbling, call some, some, something, something, something. So I'm like, okay, can I have your phone? So then we start calling this person um, so he they can come fetch him. Two hours go by. We've now given this man food to eat because it was he needed something in his stomach. Uh, we then hear from two other restaurant managers that he's been to all the restaurants along the strip and basically just like being a bit of same, a nip- same thing, same sort of thing. Um, so anyways, this person ends up getting him an Uber. He leaves the next day. He comes back with the person who got him the Uber and is so apologetic. So he like, he took accountability for everything. He claims he was spiked. Um, and this whole, this whole long thing, mm-hmm. um, so he took accountability for it, but that's that was sort of it. And I mean, we had security guards helping while we were waiting for the Uber, helping him stand up because he couldn't even stand. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know where to draw the line on when we are allowed to just tell somebody you've had enough because also people do come in drunk. People sometimes, I mean, there are times, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where you've been sitting, you've been having a few drinks, you're feeling so fine, you stand up, and all of a sudden, shit hits the fan. 
and you're a bit like, when did I get to this point? Mm. Um, you know, people always say whether whether this that all plays a role in how drunk you can get because sometimes you can have X amount of liquor, sometimes you can have that amount of liquor, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I like, I really just I don't know at this point because. You don't want to disrespect someone to the point that they won't come back to the restaurant or the bar or whatever it might be. But at the same time, you do want to help somebody if they need the help. But it's yeah. also not on but the restaurant. Like, like, if they don't yeah, like, have like someone... what, what is the line is, yeah. is the real question. But, that, <laughs> but that's where, where do we draw that line? Because at the same time, you go, okay, cool. I'm going to take your car keys because you're very drunk. You can collect it tomorrow. Say their phone's dead or they can't unlock their phone. They're that drunk. How do you get them into an Uber with your own money? How will they remember that that's where they left their car keys? How how do you go yeah, like, about like, it? Like, like how, how much control do you take of the situation, right? Like there what, was, for, for this stranger, like what, what exactly do you owe them? Exactly. What ex- but I'll never forget there was this one day. It, there was a lady. She came running in paranoid. People are following her. This whole thing, she... She had been spiked. It was very obvious. She was like very, it, it was scary to watch her and see her. Anyways, basically what ended up happening was she knew somebody who works at one of the stores. That, that store had already closed, but somebody in, the work, in our work had their number. So we get a hold of them. It took quite a while. And somebody who had helped her earlier came in because they knew she had gone into where I work. And they were like, yeah, she was, they were going to take her to the police station. So, so what they say you should do is if somebody's incapacitated, they don't know where to go, you take them to a police station. Which, okay. as a woman, I'm, I, if I was incapacitated and no one could get hold of anyone, do not take me to the police station. <laughs> that is the last place you should be taking me. Yeah. Rather take me to the hospital, let me deal with whatever happens at the hospital get the stomach pumped or get a drip put in and let somebody sort it out the next morning once the person is sober. But it's either what you take them to the hospital, you take them to the police station. Again, that's not a cost on the store or the staff. Uh Will they ever recoup that? And I mean, speaking as a waitress, as much as we care, we also have our own bills to pay. We also have our own thing. Like stuff. We can't just leave our job and take somebody somewhere. And calling an ambulance is just... A ridiculous expense to put onto somebody else when and if an ambulance even arrives. Yeah. So I I don't know where that line is drawn. I don't know, and I think about it so often. I mean, I try offer people water. I'm like, do you not want something to snack on? You've had a, quite a few shots. Should we just bring a little something? You know, again, it's an upsell. Might not be liquor, but food also brings the bill higher. Yeah. And at the same time, you're now putting something into somebody's stomach who actually might need that and might help them get through the rest of the evening. Uh, well, look, I, I think the thing about accountability is that there's there's only so many aspects of life that are genuinely within your control, like within your own life, right? And I think yeah. there's there's obviously even like massive, massive limitations when it comes to trying to be accountable for somebody else's life, even more so when it comes to a stranger. So yeah, I, I I think if anything, it it's helpful. And I guess it's affirming that you do feel a sense of accountability just as a person for other people, right? Like out, outside of your profession, just to like 
just that UK that okay, how how the hell is the person going to sort themselves out? Because I think the scary thing about life for me, at least in the past few years, has just been like how much of life I kind of feel like I'm just watching, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's scary to just feel like an observer and something that's just like like what like how can things be this fucked and you just you just have to leave it because it's not yours. It's not yours to control or to fix. It's not yours to, you know, like it can, it can leave you feeling like really disconnected from a lot of things. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, the disconnected thing as well. I mean, I see these videos of people, you'll see a woman or a child kidnapped in a, and I know this is quite an intense one, um, in a parking lot and you'll mm. watch it happen and you'll see people standing around and no one does anything. They look, they look away. People are so desensitized to whatever chaos. And, you know, they say, steer clear of it, stay away from it. It's not your issue to deal with. But at the same time, what about humanity? What about helping someone? Yes, you might actually get yourself in a bit of shit and, you know, something might happen to you. But wouldn't you feel better if you knew that you had helped somebody like, I, I, I don't know. It's the disconnect is crazy because I mean, especially in hospitality, I watch people's lives. I mean, they're regulars, there's everybody. I watch their lives and I wonder what brings you here every day? What, mm. what, even if you're having one beer every day and you come and visit, why are you coming here for a beer? Why are you not at home cracking a beer with the kids around, whatever? What is it that's bringing you? Yeah. Like, like, what, could, what could be so wrong that you have to be here all the time exactly you know yeah. also the cost of it we won't get into the like jeez <laughs> oh, how much money do you have to spend <laughs> I mean look if you're running from your demons I imagine there is no there's no expense you'd spare right yeah. you're looking for an escape so you exactly. do anything they can take you there and again going into accountability it's going what are you running from? It's the shadow work that I spoke about earlier. It's go, why do you do this? You know, I mean, in hospitality, when the waitresses are having, like, when we're all having a shit shift, customers are shouting at us, things are going wrong. First thing we do is go and have a shot. You know, it's not like, oh, let me go have a breathe outside. Let me just like calm down for a little bit. No, it's take a shot of tequila, numb how you're feeling, get back at it. And smile at everybody. Yeah, I guess because because that's immediate, right? Like yeah. take, taking yeah. taking the step outside, taking a breath. That that's a much slower process of like regulating yourself. Exactly, and it takes away from time of service. Yeah. Which are currently, which at that time you're being paid to be doing. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the messed up thing that life really does is like force you to keep pushing, like just move through whatever it is you you think you're experiencing. It's not worth stopping for. No, like it's you not. need to find something that, that gets you to the next point. Exactly. And it goes back into like you, when you mentioned like being desensitized. There's so much going on. People aren't allowed. And again, COVID allowed people to stop and actually recoup and like reevaluate everything. But now life's back to what it used to be. It's nonstop work. Shitty shit happens. Get over it immediately. Fuck your feelings. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Um, you're, allowed, you're allowed to swear, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck your feelings. Get over it and move on and start the next thing. You know, it's... 
no one is allowed like this, to process. This, the show's going on. Yeah, no one's allowed to process anything. So they find anything they can to sort of desensitize them and just move on because what what does it matter? Life's going to happen with or without you. So just get it done, which is really sad and really scary. You know, people always talk about, I want to live the soft life. And that's a privilege that very few people get to have. And even in that, there's consequences within the soft life. There's things that some people aren't speaking about that, you know, yes, they are taken care of and yes, they have all this stuff, but, you know, maybe the person taking care of them is that person who's out having a drink every day trying to just avoid the person they're taking care of who's living this soft life and they're wondering where they are, why aren't they around? But hey, at least Mm. my rent and my food is covered and I can have nice clothes. Man, as I said before, we all make choices. We all make choices. Yeah. Let everyone do what what makes sense to them. Yeah. Just to get, and it's just to get through it all. I mean, Mm. life isn't easy and that's, it's the hard truth. But life is not going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. You have to find the small joys in it. And I guess some people find the joy in drinking and doing drugs. And that's what gets them by for the next day. But I don't think in the long run, it helps. I remember days like I'd finish shift at like 3 a.m., go to modular, get home, sleep for maybe an hour. Maybe I'd do some varsity work. And then I was staying in Bloberg at a stage and my varsity was in town, getting the My City bus at like six o'clock in the morning. And I'd be sitting there bawling my eyes out because I just had no dopamine, no anything. And I was miserable. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't care. I was like, let me just get to my next, my next shift. I just need to get through that shift. I just need to get through the day and it will be fine. But will it really be fine? Uh-huh. And, it, you know, in those brief moments of joy, they it wasn't real joy. It wasn't anything it was just like a fleeting moment like well you could escape it long enough exactly it's a very very sobering way of of looking at things yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, i'm curious with, with what you know now about accountability and like the different perspectives you've had on like when something is your fault or somebody else's how do you actively hold someone else accountable like when you know that there's like lots that someone could be dealing with or going through at any one point in time, like, is there ever a point where you feel like, you know what, this, this behavior is acceptable because this person's going through ABC? Like, like, where is that line? Yo. Um... <laughs> that's, a, that's a heavy. <laughs> I guess. Okay, I'm going to use an example. Okay. So I was a shitty, a bit of a shitty teenager. Oh, I was quite a shitty teenager. I'm going to be very honest. Um, I mean, so my dad passed away when I was quite young. And I, I only processed his death like 10 years later. Uh-huh. But that didn't stop me from sort of being shitty and blaming it on the fact that I didn't have a dad. My dad was dead. I wouldn't do homework and then I or like a project and then I'd go cry to my teachers and use that as an excuse. And it is a shitty thing to admit to. And my heart is racing that I'm actually saying this stuff 
but it was something that I did because I wasn't aware that that was shitty and I just was looking for any reason just to be bitchy and ugly to people because why does anyone else deserve kindness when I'm going through a hard time and it's very self-centered it was very I was very self-centered and very self-absorbed in my own problems and no one could be facing what I'm facing in life meanwhile people are going through way worse but we won't it's not a comparison um I think if people are going through a hard time, they don't necessarily, it's okay if they act out. They have to, they're finding ways to process it, but they also need to have the support structure that stands by them and goes, okay, cool. You're allowed to make this fuck up right now. We will give you that, but that's it. Because maybe it was like a really bad fuck up. Like I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay, not like very bad, but drastic enough that everyone's like, why? That is so out of character. Why would you do that? When people are going through a a difficult time, they act out of character because they're trying to find something they can control because they have no control in their life at that current point in time. So it's going, okay, cool. You've acted out now, but now it's time you need to pull your shit together. Have your cry. We're there if you need to rant. I mean, there if you need to bitch. But going through something doesn't mean that you have to be shitty towards other people or the people that you love. You can go through something and have those people take care of you, but you cannot act out and lash out and say ugly things to them because you feel like it's acceptable. You have to take accountability. This is your problem. No, you're not going to make it anybody else's problem by creating yourself as a problem. Because no person is an island. Like, every, we stand together. We're like, family, friends, whatever it might be, we stand together. You're not an island. You do not operate on your own. The people around you and the people you surround yourself with are the people who build you and, you know, you work together. Mm-hmm. So, if you're surrounded, if your family is decent enough or your friends are decent enough, they're going to make you accountable for what you're doing during that time. They will go, I understand you're lashing out, but that wasn't okay what you did. Why did you do that? Why did you think that was okay to do? Now, how are we going to get you back onto the pa- your path and back onto the path where you actually belong on? It's okay to steer off your path when shit's hitting the fan, but you need to be surrounded by people who hold you accountable for going off that path and steer you back onto the correct path. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It makes perfect sense. And I think um, just like something you probably know already, but like I, I think like your 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 context specifically makes a lot of sense because you were a child, dude. Like like I I, th- I think there is a limit with accountability when it comes to people like around a certain age, right? Like there has yeah. to be because you just could you couldn't have known better all the way. Yeah, even I mean, though you, you... sorry, yeah, you're sorry, saying? you were saying? No, no, I'll let you finish. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I should have mentioned this as well. The first time I took accountability for sort of blaming all my choices on the passing of my dad was I was 16 at the time. It was the last time I went to a therapist. It was my last session with my therapist. And she had been seeing me like for about six years, maybe seven. And she told me, she can no longer help me if I refuse to help myself. 
And I think about that at least once a month, what she said to me. And she refused to ever see me again. She would not, she was not my therapist anymore. She told my mom she would no longer help me. And I didn't see another one. I haven't seen another one since. And it stuck with me. She was right. She, it threw accountability back. Like it, it made me realize I need to take accountability. That regardless of how much people try and help, if you aren't willing to help yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. Because mm. you, again, like you mentioned earlier, it's all about the choices as an individual that we take. Or I take. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. No, to no, no, look, look, I, I'm quiet because I'm just thinking about what your therapist said. That's 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 quite that's quite hectic to hear at 16. I won't lie. That is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal oh, to say the least. I laugh about yeah. it. Sometimes I like, you know, I'll be chatting to people I've met and they talk about their therapist, and I'm like, yeah, let me tell you my story. <laughs> I'm not trying to one up here, but it's a great story. <laughs> Yeah. No, but look, as as harsh and as hard as, as it would have been to hear, it it is something that's like relevant to everyone, right? That you can't help someone that isn't willing to help themselves. Exactly. Like that 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 is like one un undebatable truth. That that that's where it has to begin. That the person isn't on the same page as you in the first place with what you guys think is the better way. Then there's nothing. There is no route forward. There is nothing that happens there. It's just it's pretty much done. Yeah, but again, back into doing the shadow work, figuring out why you're doing these things, figuring out what what makes you tick and gets you to that point. And going, yeah. finding other coping mechanisms or finding ways to steer clear of environments like that, but still enjoying life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, I, I think we know now how you hold yourself accountable. How do you hold other people accountable? I, in my mind, I, it's something I always struggle with because it's, I am a firm believer in second chances and a bunch of chances. And like, sorry, just give me a sec. My dog walks. Um, I struggle with holding people accountable. I mean, if you've, how do I say this? I have a lot of faith in people because I know from my past that I had been shitty and I had done all these things and I want people to be their best and I understand that people go through dark patches. But at the same time, it's about communicating. One thing I always do is make sure people know if you've done something wrong or you've been shitty or whatever it might have been, I'm going to tell you how that made me feel and I'm going to tell you how that affected other people and what I might think the reason is, but I also want to hear why they did it, why they did that. And for the most part, when people are in that sort of state, they don't want to take accountability. They like, it's not my fault. It's not whatever. But there's actually recently somebody I've drawn my line with where for the past couple of months, I kept going, why did you do this? What is going on? You're better than this. I know you can do this. Do What is going on in life that you are doing this? No, I just want to get through this. I can't deal. This is why I do this. But it's very surface level responses as if the conversation, like this person doesn't want this conversation. And I saw a lot of myself, my younger self in this person, even though we are 
a similar age mm-hmm. and all I ever wanted, all I, I still do, I want the best for this person. But at the end of the day, everything is somebody else's fault. And this person's never reflected on what they're doing wrong. And they take the piss out of their mistakes. And when they get in trouble, it's a big fat joke. And I've now sort of excommunicated myself from them. But holding people... It takes it take it took me a long time and my heart was very sore because I am quite a sensitive person and I want to give people chances and I want to take care of them and I want to help them because everybody needs a leg up in life and not anyone's gonna give it to them. So I do try the best that I can. But do you think that that's what accountability is sometimes? Like like holding someone accountable often means that they can't be in your life anymore. That's what it has to be. Yeah, I've, I was thinking of a way to say it and you've just put the words perfectly down. It is that. It goes into... Sometimes, if the person is not going to take accountability for their own actions and you need to do something about it and you've tried to help them and you've tried whatever, then you take accountability and you go, okay, cool. Well, it's... Even the word accountability in this doesn't sound right to me, but it's going, okay, cool. You aren't going to change. You don't want to see that change. So I'm stepping out because I don't want this to impact my life any more than it already has. Mm. Just drawing a line to yourself, pretty much. Just drawing that line. And it's tricky. It's difficult to draw, to make boundaries with people you care about and do all these things. And, you know, I think as you get older, when you speak to people in their 40s, 50s, they sort of like that shitty person, that whatever cut them out and they say it with such ease like it's such a simple thing but also when you're in your 20s and when you're in your teens it's hard because you you care so much about everyone's new when you're younger as well exactly and then you start to realize how much this person impacted your life poorly and you go okay cool no actually it's time and i generally when someone does something wrong i weigh out the pros and cons i i think about it a lot i go okay cool what do I like about you? What don't I like about you? What was the situation? How badly have I been hurt if it's got to do with me personally? How badly has your shit impacted me? And then I weigh it out. Can I help this person? How long have they been like this? Okay, no. It's time for me to say goodbye because I don't want that in my life. I, I've i left that part of my life aside or whatever it might be. I'm too, or you know the phrase, I'm too grown for this shit. Mm. Exactly mm. that. Um, how, how do you know when it's time, though? Or is that just a feeling? Like you, I, just, like you just know that for yourself that there's no more you can, you're willing to like continue to cope with? Like I said, I believe in so many chances. So when I know, I know. And I'm just like, fuck, fuck it. I don't care anymore. You're bringing more bad to my life than good. And I don't want this. And generally around that time, it's only, I mean, it's, it's really ever happened. But generally around that time, I end up, making a friend with somebody else and i'm not saying i'm swap like replacing that friend or replacing that person but i make a friend with somebody else who has similar ideals similar morals similar beliefs all of that and i go they've just walked into my life as you are exiting the the stars are aligning everything just makes sense now yeah Hmm. no look i i i think i like your process i like your process i think i think i like that you are also like true to yourself 
it's a very difficult thing to like to continue to do because as as you said before life life's not easy it's never like that black and white i don't think this conversation has been you know about clear lines it's about how you feel and like getting to certain points before you can even make a decision exactly yeah yeah but dude on a serious note thank you for joining us thank you for sharing with us honestly honestly five months in the making i'm glad we're here I think I think, I think I think I think well worth the wait. Well worth the wait. Yeah, uh, I agree. But, but before I let you go, I've got three questions for you. Okay. Okay. So number one is, who do you look to for advice? I go to my partner for advice. He's okay. he is literally he's been in the service industry. He's studied. He's done everything. Um, and. He gives me quite sound advice. Um, I go to my friends sometimes, but I mean, my friends are my age, so we're There's all... Only, the perspective is kind There's, of limited. Yeah, like, the perspective kind of is problems. quite limited. And having somebody slightly older just tell me what I, like, what they think should happen, you know, never... Impo- I feel like, so he's 30, and he never imposes it on me that this must be my thought process he gives suggestions he goes take your suggestions hear my suggestions see if they merge see you know this is how you're feeling this is the outside perspective and for the most part sounds like he's genuinely right like he he's taught me about value of time lately and once he started speaking to about about it to me more in depth I've noticed how much of my time I just give away and I I put it on a pedestal when it comes to advice because it really is quite sound advice yeah okay okay I'm happy to answer um second question what are you most looking forward to oh like just in li- that's a loaded question. <laughs> you t- take it however you want. Is it, is it this weekend? Is it this week? End of this year? Next year? Just in general, like whatever that that means to you, whatever comes to mind. What are you most looking forward to? I want to say life, like everything that's. No, that, that, that's of, that's that's a, that's a good answer. That, yeah, everything <laughs> that's ahead of today. I mean. For example, yesterday I wasn't having the greatest day. Today, I had a little dance party for myself last night. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to get out of this. This is not how I'm going into my week. Today, I'm feeling a lot better. But through the rockiness that I know is going to come and through all the shit, I look forward to the rest of my life. As much as sometimes I feel really sad and, you know, I'm like, is it worth it? Like, how how can we live through and live in such a shitty world where people are shitty and shit just happens and it's not fair and it's not right that all of this is going on. I look forward to what life shows me and what I'm going to learn and the people I'm going to meet and the experiences that I've yet to experience. And Mm -hmm. it gets me excited. I mean, yeah, I look forward to living. So whatever age that Whatever age it might be, I just look forward to getting to experience it because not everybody does. Okay. And then last question, is there, if there's one thing, like if you put into a sentence that you'd want everyone who's listening to this to take from this episode, what would it be? Do the shadow work. Okay. 
And then there you go. There you go. Tori, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for taking thank the you time. So thank, thank you for doing the shadow oh. work. Clearly, yeah. it, has, it has helped us produce this episode. So we must be grateful for that at the okay. very least. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this was great. Easy, dude. I appreciate it. I'll see you soon. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Easy, dude. All right, cool. Cheers. Bye. Bye.